This episode of the You Rock in a Hard Place podcast brought to you by Tweaked Audio at tweakedaudio.com. Seven styles, seven colors, you choose. Use the code HARDPLACE and get 33% off your purchase. Makes great stocking stuffers. TweakedAudio.com. This is the Rock in a Hard Place podcast. I sit this one out, Pat. I don't see how I can. These guys come from legend. They're basically gods. There's only one god, man. And I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. You don't know the power of the dark side. Let's not stand on ceremony here. Hello, everybody. I'm Chris. He's Paul. That's pretty much all there is to say. I yeah. Mean, you know, we, Thanks we, for coming. We, we'll see you next week. Yeah. We used to be podcast show hosts, but then uh, Paul kept on messing up the schedule. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I mean, when your baby goes to the hospital, that's kind of an important event that you need to, you know, be at for wife support and yeah, all of that fun stuff. So, it, you know, I, I don't hold that one too uh, too bad against you. But missing out on the day before Thanksgiving, that one, that's <laughs> going to take a little while to uh, to heal over, I tell you. Right. Well, you know, it was one of those things where we were flying, we weren't driving, and I didn't want to bring everything with me. And I was like, you know, if I, if I just <laughs> pop open the laptop and use the onboard mic and the onboard camera, <sighs> that would just be so underwhelming. So two years ago. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we are back, and uh, it is now officially December. Christmas is in full swing. We've got uh, Christmas music, I know, being played on Broken FM. Tim's tried to sprinkle it in a little bit, and he's going to be ramping it up. Now, Paul, you, on the other hand, for the Christian Rock 20, decided, let's just go whole hog, and it's the first show of December. It's the day after Thanksgiving. We're going to do nothing but Christmas music the entire show. That's right. Now, do, do I do I burst the bubble of those who think I'm really creative? Uh, it's probably no? last year's show, wasn't it? No, year before last. But oh, I did okay. change out a few songs. I mean, th- on the whole, more or less, it was it was uh, year before last show. But I switched out probably about a quarter of the songs. Okay. And added in some more recent ones, and then about half of the you know artist memories were ones from that year, and then some of them were from last year as well. So nice. You know, it was kind of, I'm like, who remembers? Right. Let's be honest. Who right. remembers the Christmas special from two years ago? No, absolutely. But now I, I guess I'm going to ask, what are you doing for actual Christmas? Because I believe Christmas is on a Friday this year. Yeah. You know, I keep on thinking about that more and more. And I'm not entirely sure. I, I mean, my first instinct is to always... uh be cruel to myself and do both a Christmas special and a normal episode. <laughs> a regular show, yes. Because I'm stupid. Um, but here's my thought. I mean, I think you're right. I think Christmas is on a, on a you said a Friday, right? I believe I mean, it's on a Friday. I'm not 100% positive. Pulling up the calendar. Yeah, it's on a Friday. Okay. So with it being on a Friday, you guys and maybe one or two other stations, I think, are the only ones that will be playing the Christian Rock 20 on a normal day. Okay. If it was a Friday. Gotcha. So, but here's my thought process. I think the majority of stations air it on Saturday and Sunday. Okay. If they play the Christmas special after Christmas, that's just annoying. Right. So, I think I'm going to have to continue with my my horrible uh, self-hatred and do both. So, that way, people can air the Christmas special either on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, whatever they choose. Some of them won't air it at all because, you know, let's face it, that's a little bit of extra work and everyone wants to go home and spend time with their families and I totally get that. Right. Um, so some won't play it at all. Some will probably play it on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve. But then afterwards, I, maybe I'm just a, a scroogey curmudgeon, but having worked in retail, I horrendously hate Christmas music by the day after Christmas. I'm right. like, okay, that's done. Let's move on to something else. Old anxiety, that's close enough to Christmas music for me. Don't want to hear it. You know, I just, it, I'm past all that mess. <laughs> so, um, I love Christmas music, especially when it's got a fun rock twist to it, but after Christmas is over, I'm done. So, yeah. we'll probably have a regular show for those stations that will be airing it afterwards. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, that's a good deal, at least. Uh, I got a little bit of sad news. I had uh, I had pre-ordered my Star Wars tickets. I was all set for the 17th at 7 p.m. We were going to have my mom come and watch the kids. 
and uh, Sarah was actually going to go with me to the theater to watch this movie. And then I got the dreadful news that that Thursday at 6.30 p.m. is my kid's Christmas concert for school. What's the problem? Duh. (laughs) Would you like me to call Sarah in here to explain to you what the problem is? (laughs) Because that's the problem, is that my wife won't let the kids miss out on the Christmas program because they've worked so hard at it. (laughs) Now, Now, Chris... Your wife is a logical human being. You just need to break it down. New Star Wars movie, day released, happens only once in a lifetime. There will be other Christmas plays. Yeah, that uh, that <laughs> defense did not work for her, unfortunately. She uh, was very much not a fan of that idea. Not- so I had, to, uh, I, had to, I had to refund, get a refund on my tickets, a credit on my tickets, and then I said, well, she, she says to me, so when, when do you want to go? And I said, well, we can go Friday, right? We don't have any plans on Friday. Well, my sister might be coming into town that day. Your sister can go hang out with your parents for a few hours while we go see a movie. <laughs> or she can come and watch our children after her you know, two-day <laughs> drive from Idaho. She can watch our children while we go see the movie. She didn't seem right. to agree with the logic there either. I don't know yeah. what it is. My wife just seems to not be agreeable to me. <laughs> <laughs> Although I can't, uh, I can't be too hard on her. She did allow me to buy a new electric smoker that I got to use for Thanksgiving. So I saw some pictures of that. That was nice. Did you see the turkey that came out of that smoker on Thanksgiving? I did see that. I was a little jealous. It tasted so good. It was <laughs> so good. I uh, should rub it in just a little bit more so that you know how good it was. Of course, uh, I think a lot of the reason it's good is because we brine it first. And oh, cool. I use a uh, a bourbon and apple juice brine. Ooh, that so, just sounds intoxicating. Yeah, <laughs> well, I suppose it could be if you drank the brine. But thankfully, uh, it, yeah, with having raw turkey in it, it's not really safe to drink. Right. Wow. So, you know. Yeah. But uh, that's okay. But did, s- since it's been a while, uh, did you have a nice Thanksgiving in Texas? I did have a nice Thanksgiving in Texas. It was uh, uh, one of my two brothers and his family, which includes my uh, nieces and nephew, which range in age from 14 to 22, I think. Oh, now. wow. Okay. So I'm I'm the very much young, uh, young gun of the family. And uh, we went out and took some... Christmas pictures with a professional photographer for Christmas cards and all that while we were down there because a friend of my wife's from like junior high or something. So yeah. Anyway, so we were doing all of that and that was good. And you know, it was just a good time just getting to hang out with family and whatnot. Awesome. Good deal. Well, we just did, uh, we just did everything at my house that made life much, much easier uh, that way <laughs> for me at least. Cause then I don't right. have to deal with trying to get in the car and travel around and, and tell the kids, no, 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 don't do that. Don't touch that. No, no, that's Nana's. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Leave it, leave it alone. You know, you know how that goes. Well, you will know how that goes in, in a couple of years. Yeah, I kind of know, but it's a very faint little <laughs> bit. Cause mine is usually, it has to be within arm's reach. Right. Over, so it's a little bit easier to control that thus far. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and we did miss you last week. We did a uh, we did a Google Hangout last week, mm-hmm. and it ended up being uh, Kirk and Bruce and myself. And then uh, on a whim, I sent an invite out to Josh Clifton from Raven Hill, and uh, he left playing uh, uh, Fallout Four, and uh, he he put Fallout on pause and came and hung out with us in the uh, in the Google Hangout. Wow. Yeah. I'm impressed. I know. I I feel like we rank. uh, So that was good. And we had a great conversation, just the the four of us talking about music and our favorite albums of the year and had all kinds of different things. And then Kirk was lucky enough to get invited to be on the guest list for uh, Raven Hill when they played at the end in Nashville. So he uh, went and took some pictures, had a good time. So it was a lot of fun. We'll do one of those again, I think. We'll just do a big roundtable discussion about something. So, uh, you know, pay attention to the Facebook page. We'll throw out an invite. Maybe instead of doing a show one night, we'll just get together on a Google Hangout, and all of us can uh, can chat about music and and all of that good stuff. So, I'm looking forward to it. 
you can yeah. actually you can actually try and be there sometime, Paul. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, I got a weird invite from Josh Clifton that I was not expecting at all, and and unfortunately, I was just too tired uh, to care at that point. But I was very flattered. But he invited me to a friend's giving thing that was like the day after Thanksgiving, or no, it was on Thanksgiving Day, but it was like in the evening. Oh, okay. And I was like, well, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So I turned to my in-laws. I'm like, a rock star just sent me an invite to a friend's giving. How nifty is that? Ah, <laughs> uh, the life of a DJ. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Well, yes, I, I know we've had some news build up while we've uh, not been able to make a show due to either my illnesses or your busyness or whatever the case may be. So uh, I know you got a bunch of news stuff that has built up over these last few weeks. So we will uh, we'll let you kind of just run with it, Paul, and, and okay. share with us what you think is worth sharing. Okay, there's a few things. Um, first off, uh, of course, you interviewed uh, David Curtis, formerly of Sidewalk Slam and Run, Kid Run. Mm-hmm. Well, his, I don't know if it was just the interview that sent it over the edge, but his Kickstarter ended up going 1,500 over the goal. Nice! Yeah. Because they so only had three eight. days left when right. I saw a post by him, and it was... Literally, he was only at about 50%. Right. Yeah, so he ended up getting to 9,500, and his nice. goal was 8,000. Excellent. Well, I will take full credit for that then. Oh, as well you should. <laughs> and in other good fundraising news, Decipher Down reached their goal. I oh, saw that really? Thanksgiving I, Day. Yeah, and I knew it could be done. They ended up getting uh, $30,367, yeah. and their goal was uh, 30000 So, I mean, they went 101%, which is very cool. Excellent. Now, on a slightly sadder note, Ilya did not make it. They did not make it to their goal. As a matter of fact, they ended up topping out at 46%. Ooh. Yeah, they were going for twelve grand uh, to do another EP, and they were doing flex funding. So, I mean, they will get a good chunk of that money. They won't get as high of a percentage of the total as they would have. Right. But, um, you know, it's, I don't know what, I don't know what the deal is with them. I think that maybe it's just their, their popularity's in a weird spot. I think, I think I've gained and lost a lot of fans over the years because of the numerous lineup changes. I was going to say, I mean, lineup changes are pretty much the biggest thing that would kill that kind of, you know, any kind of momentum that they would, you know, go into a new album with. Right, because I mean they they've done they've had good radio success, um, but I think that I think they're just one of those bands that for whatever reason I think they end up falling into the category of a lot of people know their music but may not know them or may not be the type to be a big enough fan to follow them on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Right, or maybe it's just the curse of of being a rock band. And rock bands <laughs> typically don't appeal to people who have money. Well, uh, case in point. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, that's so, too bad. I don't, was very disappointed about i guess that. we'll see maybe instead of a full-length album it'll just be an ep well that's what they were raising money oh, for was just oh EP. so maybe it'll be a single yeah <laughs> <laughs> or something like that yeah. i don't know uh, I, mean, I don't know i don't know i, I find that sad though because i think they're a really good band but yes. I mean, what are you gonna do i agree so. I agree. Anyway, and then also in somewhat sad news, uh, the band XXI, uh, who we've talked about before, formerly Feast for Kings, um, they got their Facebook page hacked and yeah. basically deleted everything. Like they no longer had a friends list. They were at over like I think eighteen thousand or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were at over eighteen thousand likes on Facebook. All that disappeared. And they basically had to start a whole new. Well, they did. They started a whole new Facebook page under a different address or whatever. And now they just want people to go back and like uh, like stuff. And I'm sure they would love it if people contributed pictures from shows and whatnot because they lost all their pictures. Anything that you could have attached to a Facebook is gone. So um, this is this thing is kind of weird to me. Like, I, I, I mean, I, I understand that somebody would hack a page. I get that. But normally, those pages are attached to an individual's account. Like, I'm the one who started the Broken FM page. Um mm-hmm. And so I would think that in order for someone to have gained access to XXI's page, they would have had to have gained access to one of the band members or whoever a band member had assigned as an administrator. Uh, So why was it just the XXI page? Why wasn't that personal page also messed with as well? It's just kind of weird how that... I'm not saying they're lying. I believe that it happened. 
it just seems so weird for it to have happened the way that it did. Yeah, and I agree. I don't know what the story is there. And the only thing I can figure is that maybe they just thought that was an inconsequential detail to say, well, our drummer... Right, they got in through drummer. however. Yeah. Okay, well, that's so, possible. I don't know. I mean, it, I, but I'm like you. I mean, they had to... I mean, to have a page uh, like that that is a page, not just your a personal Facebook account, you have to go through that account to get to it. You can't just have one without the other, at least right. to the best of my knowledge. Right. So... I don't know. It's it is very bizarre. But if you want to help them out, you know, just go like their page, and you know, that's all. That's really all they're asking for. So, and and of course, they were like, "This is just really cruddy timing for us because we've just released a new album. This is the time when we need to be doing a lot of." There's no time media. that's a good time for that kind of stuff to happen. Yeah. But it seems especially bad when yeah. they've got so much that they're on the cusp of making happen. Right. Um, you know, that's where I think you know it. It it kind of. Ex, ex, exacerbates, uh, makes bigger the issue. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Which is a bit of a bummer. Yeah. Um, and then in happy slash sad news, I'll get to the happy part first. The band Talkie, you know, which has mm-hmm. not been pushed towards a Christian market at all, but of course, as most of us know by now, it's members of I Am Empire and Blood and Water, which both, you know, both of us are fans of both of those bands. Yep. Um, and at least Blood and Water it seems to be no more. And who knows, I Am Empire may be done, but no, they haven't said that yet. Um, but anyway, they just dropped a new album, and it kind of came out of nowhere. They were like, hey, by the way, next week we're dropping a new album. We've been working on it in the studio that we built in a barn, and we worked really hard. It's got 16 songs on it, and we're releasing it on vinyl and digital. Um, so get ready. And then they released it. And then for 48 hours, you could get it for free. Oh, now I missed that part of the news. I knew about it, and I put it off, and I waited too long. <laughs> so I'm a little sad about that. Oh, but on the Paul. upside, if you're wondering what the new stuff sounds like, I do have one track, awesome. and I have a little clip from it. And the track is called Mountain, and of course the band is Talky. Have a little listen. I love it. I just love it. It's so it's everything that I miss about the '90s, like pop rock <laughs> oasis era. It's just oh, such good stuff. Oh my goodness! So Michael said uh, in the chat room, he said that he just got the Talkie album for free, so he wasn't a slacker like you, and uh, and he actually picked it up. <sighs> so there, you, there you have I'm it. Upset about that. Um, a little sad. About so it's it, uh, Talkie is a completely different band than Blood and Water, sound wise. I mean, it, oh, it's got absolutely. three of the same members uh, from Blood and Water, but sound-wise, they they have abandoned their their pseudo punk, fake ska uh, style, and they're they're completely doing something very different, as is revealed by that clip that you just played. <laughs> right. I mean, that's nothing that you would have heard Blood and Water even attempt. No, and. You know, it's one of those things where I'm very conflicted about how to feel about the fact that they're not pushing it towards the Christian market. On one hand, I get it because right. I think they have a legitimate shot at doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, there feels to be a lot of kind of 90s resurgence coming back into the mainstream music. Uh, it's solid. I don't know anybody who likes decent music who would listen to that and go, ah, right, <laughs> right. You know, and it's just good. And I think they're doing a decent job of marketing it. And Slow Speak has been all over the place about putting stuff, you know, at least in commercials and in interesting promotional places that I think could do them a lot of good. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, I really want to play it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Michael in the chat room says uh, Beatlesque. That's kind of oh, his. Yeah, that too. That's kind of his uh, his take on it, having heard it. So uh, you know, I, it's it's going to be hard for me because uh, you know I've I've expressed this a few times in the past. I I've never been a huge fan of the Beatles. They they just never did a lot for me. Um, so uh, you know, it's hard for me to be excited about them sounding 
Beatlesque, but I want to hear the album and I want to see, you know, I, I, I want them to do well uh, just because I like them as people. They're all super right. great guys. Totally. Isn't that interesting, though? I mean, there are several bands that I just don't care about their music that much, but I think they're awesome people. Right. Totally. Totally. Makes me feel very conflicted. <laughs> I want to like them more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want your music to, to be more enjoyable to me. Right. Which is sad because, I mean, you know, my, my instant reaction is make something that doesn't suck. But right. what I'm really saying is that doesn't, that doesn't do even for me. Um, oh, my goodness. You know. So, That's well, so whatever. funny. Well, the final piece of news is one that I know will make many people really happy. I'm curious, uh, but this has been hinted at for a while. We knew that some shows were going to come out of this, but it has officially been announced that in 2016, there will be a new album from Thrice. So, yeah. Yeah. All you Thrice fans, rejoice. The hiatus lasted all of, what, two years? Well, so... You know, the hiatus was somewhat self-imposed. I mean, um, Dustin decided that he wanted to focus more on his career as a music pastor. And then the church kind of fell apart. So it's like, okay, God, I'm going to step away from making music. And I'm going to go lead your people in worship. And then suddenly everything crumbles around him. And he gets put into the middle of this... uh, crazy uh church fight essentially uh with the senior pastor and all and then he um you know just it's it's just kind of crazy how it all worked out now thrice is coming back yeah so hey i mean you know on one hand i I hate that it didn't work out for him and i i you know i'm sure that that god wanted him there for a reason but on the other hand i'm like anything that ends with a rock band getting back together usually is a bad thing yeah wow that's crazy that is absolutely crazy well i you know i i'm sure that there are a lot of thrice fans that are super stoked um you know and when i meet one that's super stoked i'll be sure to congratulate them on thrice coming back uh right you know that's it's not me maybe this maybe the next album they do will be phenomenal and i will love every minute of it and it'll be fantastic i don't hate thrice it's just not no. one of my favorite bands you know, right. same with Anberlin. Anberlin was a good band. I respect their talents, everything like that. It just, for me, it wasn't, I could eh, take it or leave it. It wasn't that big a deal. And I even went and saw them live, but I went because they opened for Switchfoot, so. <laughs> Been there. Oh, and I got the tickets for free, so that was kind of the other. <laughs> that was kind so of really the what other. you're saying is you had no reason to complain at all. Right. That's exactly right. I will just keep my mouth shut. How about that? So, uh, well, I managed to get the other stuff loaded from Kirk. So let's uh, let's check out what Kirk has in the other stuff. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. Back in April, Reach Records released Tomorrow We Live by KB. While he may be overshadowed in sales and popularity by Lecrae and Andy Minio, his talent is definitely no less. This is the most eclectic of the Reach albums I have heard. It runs the gambit from hip-hop to R&B to island to retro 70s, while dealing with subjects like money, loving his family, worship, and suicide. KB's rhymes and beats are as solid as they come, I find myself enjoying this album with its musical and lyrical diversity quite a bit. The banging songs are fun, while the more serious songs really get into your head. Tomorrow 
Tomorrow We Live by KB, an excellent album from Reach Records, is available everywhere now. This has been Captain Kirk with The Other Stuff for the Rock and the Hard Place podcast. A man stay on top, uh, become the servant of all When you the servant of all, no competition's involved Cause who was knocking you off, there's no one left to fall, uh Progressing with the flow, that's a little one As I'm assured, I'm sure you're missing these little points Alright, KB, excellent, excellent I need to get that album, that album sounds really good Everything I've heard off of that record has been so <laughs> solid Man. So, yeah, totally agree with him on that one. It's good stuff Alright, so uh, we have a little bit of a main topic But I'm gonna hold off on that, Paul You, uh we got an email from a listener, and you've got the details in front of you, but uh, they've become a fan of the show, and uh, so they decided to try their hand at, uh, at making a song blender. That's right. And so and- you, you have this song blender. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> uh, they emailed it to the Rock and a Hard Place podcast email, which I receive as well as Paul does. Um, right. But I did not look at the files. I, I sent them to Paul. I said, hey, this is going to be your department. Um, so I, I have no idea what to expect. Paul's listened to it, and he, he defined it as evil. So, Paul, since you've got the info in front of you, who was the, the listener that sent it in? And, uh, and we'll go from there. Okay, so Ryan sent it in, and Ryan is, uh, well, he's, he's, a, he's a bad boy. Um, here's the thing. Uh, the, the formula is not too hard to get down. I mean, we're going to spin the song backwards. We're going to play with the pitch, make it short, and, you know, we're going to play it and see if Chris can get it. And so we're doing that. And the, the listener did it. And I got to say, it's, it's, it's pretty evil. So we're going to see how well Chris does with this. Here we oh, go. Great. And the more I think about it, the more I think you have to know this song. Wow. That did not sound familiar at all. Um, uh, why, don't you, why don't you play that again for me? All right, here we go. Like I said, it's, it's pretty evil. Yeah, it's not, um, there's nothing clicking. You know, I, I want to lean towards Switchfoot, but I don't think it would be that easy. No, um, it's not Switchfoot. I will give you that. And uh, it is an older tune. An older tune? Okay. All right. When I say older, I mean like er- early this century. It's not like from the 80s or anything like oh, that. So, like, yeah, 2000s. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's, let's play the one without the pitch bend. Okay. And uh, let me see what that sounds like to me. All right, here we go. I don't know why. It sounds so much more backwards than I would do it backwards. I know uh, it, that's kind of. I know. It kind of does, doesn't it? Um, okay, one more time backwards. All right, here we go. <laughs> Oh my word! I I really have no clue. None of that sounds even vaguely familiar. Okay, so I think right now Ryan and I are both really hoping that you do know this song, because otherwise we're we're both stupid. <laughs> <clears throat> That's just all there is to it. Yeah. All right. So, so do we want to hear the normal version? I, I, yeah, I got that? no choice. I got I got nothing otherwise. All right, here we go. Cars passing me like we're in a race. I don't know what danger lies ahead. Sound just Do you know the song? Uh-uh. Okay, it, it's it, an old? It's, oh, go ahead. It sounds like it could be Reliant K. Close. The Hawk Nelson? No. No? Well, it's not the Huntingtons. No. Okay, yeah, then I've I've got no clue. It is early stellar cart. Really? The song is called Student Driver. Ah, oh, see? Now that is not that is not a song that I am super familiar with. Right. Uh I I may have no, I don't even think I have that song. I don't even think it's in part of my uh part of my collection. But I mean that's still I I mean 
it was a great uh he did a great job i agree you know i mean he still did a great job <laughs> so uh michael in the chat room is still guessing because he hasn't caught up to the audio yet so uh he's he's guessing <laughs> mxpx which uh stellar cart you know it's it's kind of far away but not so much especially the early stuff i mean i think that they're uh their early stuff was pretty influenced by MXPX. Right. Um, right. Very popular. Most definitely. And they're on hiatus right now because uh, their leader is singing for Audio Adrenaline 3.9 or whatever it's called. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, Okay. So the main thing I want to talk about, here's here's the setup for how this all came to be. Um, I have a cousin who is getting married in December, like a couple of days before Christmas, okay? And they asked me, I, I was the DJ at her sister's wedding, and so they asked me if I would DJ and MC at their wedding. And she went through Spotify, and she created the entire playlist and has everything that she wants. It's all labeled, and everything's great. And then um, they were going to actually pay for me to get a premium account because it's normally like 13 bucks. Well, Spotify's running a deal right now where you can sign up for a premium account for 99 cents for three months. Ooh. So it's a really good deal. So I went ahead and said, uh, I, can pay, I can handle the 99 cents. That's not a big deal at all. So I, I decided, well, like, okay, now that I have Spotify for a few months, let me go in and play around with it. So I thought, okay, well, let's, let's scroll through some of these. And they, you know, I, I get down to the Christian genre and I'm looking through here, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay. Top Christian tracks, praise and worship, Christmas, indie worship, K Love, top gospel, coffee house, top worship, calming Christian, Christian dance party, uh, and then I see Wow presents the 100 greatest Chris, uh, greatest Christian songs. I thought, well, I'll have to look at that. Then I see one called Not Your Mother's Christian Music, which I think is rather odd. But the one that caught my eye is called Top Christian Rock. Mm, Sounds promising. So I thought so too. So I hit the button and I'm looking through here and it says Top Christian Rock. It's got 32,874 followers in this. Okay. In this particular playlist. So I'm going down the list. First, First band on there, Need to Breathe. Okay. I'm okay with that. I'm right. okay with that. Second band, Young Oceans. Never heard of them. Yeah, they're praise and worship Okay. Third band, 10th Avenue North. No. Fourth, Wrong. Fourth band in the list is Citizens. They're, oh, they no. could float either way. Uh, fifth band, <coughs> excuse me, Skillet with Not Gonna Die Tonight. <laughs> Alright. Next band, Charlie Hall. No. No. Once again, I think that's praise of worship. Uh next band, Gungor. I think it varies from album to album, but I would generally say no. Then we end up with The Letter Black, which is awesome. Painkiller, great song. Thousand for Crutch with Phenomenon, another good song. And then we go to Sanctus Real. That's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> Then back to 10th Avenue North, and then Into Your Veins by Fiber and Frenzy. Okay, that gets me a little bit excited. Good. And then uh, there's a band called Carrollton. C-A-R-R-O-L-L-T-O-N. No idea. Then we have Red, and then we have Casting Crowns. Oh, I knew that had to be coming up at some point. Is Mercy Me on the list? Uh, I haven't seen Mercy Me yet. We've got Owl City. We've got Big Daddy Weave. Chris August. Oh, here's Mercy Me. I can only imagine. I can only imagine a rock song. Oh, good Lord. Next is Big Daddy Weave, and then Cutlass, and then Elevation Worship. It's in the name. And Leland. And then there's some Jesus Culture, some Illuminati, some Hillsong United. <laughs> soccer mom created this list. Oh, the Avett Brothers, the Wren Collective, Newsboys, uh, let me see, the Village Church, John Mark McMillan, the Afters, Starfield, more Casting Crowns, the City Harmonic. 
which is a good band, by the way, but they're not necessarily rock. They've done a couple of songs that we've played, but not a lot. Uh, Crowder, Third Day, Matt Kearney, uh, Ascend the Hill. Oh, Coldplay with Yellow. <laughs> Either somebody's having fun with us or somebody hit the wrong button somewhere. You too. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. I know there's a lot of people that believe you too is a is a Christian band, and I'm not gonna I'm not here to argue that tonight. Um, I would be more on board for you two being on this list than anything. <laughs> well, at least for me, they picked a good U2 song. I mean, not a huge right. U2 fan, but I can handle that. I can totally handle that song. But it it boils down to this: Who the heck makes this list and calls this Christian rock? You had Skillet and Red and Need to Breathe. Those were pretty much the only three bands. Oh, and The Letter Black and Thousand Foot Crutch. There's like five bands on this list of songs that to me actually sound rock-ish. Five. Specifically rock. Rock Rock-ish. Five. Right. Well, TFK can go all over the map. Some of their songs can be totally rock and other times they're more electronic. I mean, right now... Oh... (laughs) Michael in the chat room, he's like, can we please argue about you two? <laughs> no, not tonight. Um, but, uh, you know, the, their their new song, uh, In My Room, is a yeah. really slow song for rock radio. Right. Really <laughs> slow. It's a great song. I don't have a problem with it, but it's a really slow song for rock radio. So right. I, I just going down this list, uh, you know, and Need to Breathe song is called Brother, and it features Gavin DeGraw. Which I think is... I like the song. Is he a country artist, Gavin DeGraw? Because um, I don't know much about him. Kind of one of those indie kind of... Like, you remember how Matchbox 20 was kind of like... Yeah. Country-influenced alternative? That's right. kind of what he is. Okay. He's like country-influenced indie rock. Gotcha. Folksy. <sighs> I just want to know who makes these lists. And, and who do they ask? Because they're not looking at the Christian rock charts. Because you would only see a few of these bands listed on the charts. Who does this, Paul? I don't know, but I, I have an intro for what I'm about to say. Okay. Oh, what's that? A bell? Time for school. It is time for school. <laughs> Mercy Me, Casting Crowns, Crowder even, and so many other things that are on this list are not, nor have ever been. Christian Rock, write it down. It's important. This angers and frustrates those of us who have heard rock songs before. That is all I'm going to say on the matter. School's dismissed. (laughs) And for your homework, you need to go listen to Broken FM and the Christian Rock 20, and you will Mm -hmm. learn all about what rock is. I, uh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. You know, just thinking about that. Now, now this makes me curious is, I got to see Not Your Mother's Christian Music. I got to see who's on this list. Uh, Wave and Rome, The Great Awakening, Felling Giants, Mosaic, John Foreman, Eric Nieder, Brooke Annabelle, David DeWeese, Young Ocean, Flurry, Julius Tunstall. Yeah, that's what it says. Carlton is back on there. John Foreman, The Crossing, Chris McClarney. Oh, he sounds like a good Irish lad. <laughs> Postneos, Plum, Urban Rescue, Amy Stroop. Yeah, I don't know any of these people aside from John Foreman and Oh, Josh Garrels, I know that name. Right. Also very folksy, but still. Hillsong United, The Brilliance, <laughs> Andy Davis, Civil Twilight, Rivers and Robots. <laughs> I featured them on a noise trade before. They're actually pretty good, but they're most definitely folksy and not rock. All right. So the 100 greatest Christian songs, according to Spotify. The top song on the list, guess who it's by? Uh, either Mercy Me or Chris, whatever his face is. Which one do you think it is? I'm going to go with Chris, whatever his face is. Chris Tomlin with Good, there Good Father. <laughs> Uh, Ten Thousand Reasons is next, and uh, and then Dare You to Move by Switchfoot, Flood okay. by Jars of Clay, and then of course Mercy Me, Newsboys, How Beautiful by Twyla Paris, Forever right. by Carrie Job, uh, Jesus Freak Remastered 2013 by DC Talk. There you go. Uh, 
Let me see. Nicole Nordman. Ooh, Desert Rose off of Powerhouse by Whiteheart. Wow. Yeah. Petra's This Means War. Speak Life by Toby Mac. Some of these actually aren't too bad. They're just kind of old. Uh, mm-hmm. Some Jeremy Camp. Newsboys with We Believe. What? Uh, Cinderella by Stephen Curtis Chapman. Oh. Uh, let me see here. Anybody else that we know? <laughs> Praise You in the Storm by Casting Crowns. Toby Max, Me Without You. That's a pretty new song to be considered one of the best all time. Yeah. Uh, Michael says Great Awakening is painfully boring. <laughs> <laughs> DC Talks in the Light. Uh, Amy Grant with Lead Me On. Friends by Michael W. Smith. No Christian music list is complete without okay. Friends. From Michael W. Smith, the song that he never wanted to publish, but he let his wife talk him into it. Uh, let me see. He Reigns by the Newsboys. So that's the old, uh, that's the Peter Furler Newsboys. Uh, I Wish We'd All Been Ready by Larry Norman. I can get behind that song. Uh, what If I Stumble by DC Talk. I mean, some of these are just amazing to me that they're, uh, they're in the list. Big House by Auto Adrenaline. That was a youth group staple in the 90s. Right. God of Wonders by Mac Powell. Uh, People Need the Lord by Steve Green, yo. Sounds good. And the See, last... I'm more on board with this list than I am the other two. The last song on this list, Kiss Me by Sixpence None the Richer. Hey, why not? I got so tired of that song because it was even... Oh. It, they were even playing it on uh, mainstream radio. Like, that was a big... <laughs> that was a big crossover song for them. And then they never did anything ever again. Yeah. I wouldn't even... So I just, that was, you know, I want to find out who makes those lists, uh, you know, and who calls, who calls groups like Mercy Me rock and, uh, and that kind of stuff. I know just, some people who do it, uh, but I'm not going to mention them by name. No, Michael, no POD on that list. I don't think POD made it on any of these lists. Um, I just don't get it. What, what is the disconnect? What is the mental disconnect? I do not know. <laughs> I think it's just the fact that that most of the people who are into actual rock don't don't get involved in bothering with this stuff. Well, I think that they look at popularity and they try and classify it in a way that's going to make it sound better than it really is. You know, if you classify Mercy Me as rock, then suddenly parents are going to be like, oh, yeah, it's okay to listen to rock. That Mercy Me is a pretty good band. Right. I just, you know. I don't, uh, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. So yeah, it's a bummer. Yes, very much so. Well, did you have a noise trade pick this week, Paul? I do, I do. Uh, really quickly, this is one that just recently got dropped. Uh, that was a, one that was originally for sale, and they decided to give it out to the masses. This is the band Hidden Hospitals, and it's off of I think what is basically a double album, but it's pretty good. It's called Modern Saints. Uh, is the name of the track, and you can grab the whole album for free. Enjoy. Awesome. <laughs> stylistically they're somewhat similar to Anne Berlin and I don't know how they feel about that comparison but I like it it's pretty good good deal excellent excellent well thank you for sharing that that is Mm -hmm. awesome and uh, I am having some major issues tonight but that's okay we will uh, we will forego any of that what is going on stomach at work yeah lots of problems tonight so we are uh, my goodness we are going to call it a show. I know it's only 45 minutes, but uh, just trying to get back into the swing of things. I believe that we're going to try and do this again next week. Yes? As far as I know. Okay. So and we'll let you know what goes on over the holidays as to when we will be able to do shows and, and when family time will come first. But uh, we're still here for you. We would love to have your ideas. If you have any ideas on, um, on content, on things that you want, post them to the Facebook page. We read that stuff. We take a look at that stuff, and we uh, we try to determine, yeah, this is this is worth it. Let's dive into this a little deeper, or you know, maybe it'll get a quick mention about something that somebody was interested in. So let us know. Facebook.com slash Rock in a Hard Place podcast, 
or you can just go to rockinahardplacepodcast.com. It'll auto-redirect you right to our Facebook page. Be sure to check out our sponsor, Tweaked Audio. These things, these earphones are inexpensive, and they make great gifts. And if you use the code HARDPLACE, you can get a discount on them, which in my opinion makes them an even better gift, because who doesn't like cheap gifts? Right. You know, especially around Christmas time, that budget... Man, most people throw their budget out the window with our headphones. You don't have to throw your budget out the window. So use the code right. hard place and uh, and go go purchase somebody that you love a set of headphones. We would all definitely appreciate that. That is going to do it for us. My name is Chris Cooner. And I'm Paul Gibson. And we will do our best to see you next week. I'm going to tack on the interview I did with, uh, with Justin from Roland. So uh, it'll Ooh. make the episode seem longer than it really is. Sounds good. All right. Have a good one, everybody. Chris here, and I am talking to a member of a band that you may or may not have heard of, depending on how long you have been listening. His name is Justin. He is from the band Roland, and we are super stoked to uh, have an opportunity to get to know him and uh, through him, some of the other guys in the band and that kind of stuff. How's it going, Justin? It's, it's going great. Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem. All right. So, you guys are new, at least new to us. What? Yeah. Uh, give me, give me the story. Let's go back to the beginnings of Roland, and let's uh, and let's talk about what's happening. Yeah. So the uh, we're new as far as our record has just uh, been released, and the the recording process though that began honestly, I think two years ago. We took probably a year and a half from okay, we're going to do this to. Finally, we had it in the can and it was ready to go. And, and uh, there was a lot of hair pulled in that process. <laughs> I mean, uh, I think I think one of the most difficult things. See, initially, this was going to be sort of a solo project. It was going to be me, and I was working with a, a a buddy of mine who's who's got an independent label, and so we were working together to do this. Um, but I've always preferred the band dynamic, okay. and so. Um, our drummer, Josh Campion, he was my roommate until both of us got married this year. Uh, and then uh, Matt Hammerski, who's the bass, bass player, and he's been a friend of mine for years. So we just started playing and playing through these songs, and they're, they're both great players. And so as we did that, it was clear, like, I think we all like the band dynamic. I don't want it to be just, you know, it's, it's this guy's show or whatever. So it's, it's cool to be able to bring stuff to the table collectively. Um, and then... The song selection process was difficult, uh, and and I think that that a lot of that had to do with I get real I can get real stubborn when it when I I write a new song and I'm like this this thing's amazing it's the you know the the latest and greatest that I have and I bring it and then they're like it's cool but I'm not sure this is gonna fit with what we have so far yeah and you know which was was very frustrating to me I'm like how can you not like this one this is the best thing I've ever done. Um, but so, so I think, I think for all of us it was a learning experience because having that perspective, having the input from somebody else to say, hey, you know what, like, yeah, this is cool, but but I think we need to have a cohesive group of songs. Um, I think that that in the end it was better to have, you know, multiple inputs, uh, which heretofore in my musical, uh, I don't even want to say career, my musical, whatever I've done musically up to now, I've yeah. never really had that kind of input. So it's always just kind of been flying solo. So that feedback dynamic is probably something that takes a little bit of getting used to. Um, I mean, you're always, as an artist, you always put yourself out there to be critiqued. I mean, that's kind of how it's going to work. But a fan critiquing your stuff, I think, is different from your peers critiquing your stuff. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, we, we, I mean, we can play shows and we, we did one recently where, you know, I was super, you know, critical of myself. I was like, this just was not, you know, up to the level of what I want. And a lot of, a lot of people that, that, you know, there may not be musicians like, Oh, it's great. Don't worry. Like, it's no problem. 
And then, then, you know, you got your musician friends that are over there and you know, when you're sitting up there playing and you can look out and you see guys that you respect musically, you're like, I know, like when you make a bad note, they know it, they see it. You know, you miss, you, your, your voice doesn't quite get where you want it to go. And it's like, you know, they, they hear it. Uh, but I think that, yeah, I mean, that can be intimidating at times, but uh, I think one of the problems that, that a lot of people face when they go and perform is that you've got this fear that people are waiting to pounce on me when I mess up. And I don't think, in general, I don't think that's the case. Outside of maybe like one of these big, you know, competitions, I, I, I generally would like to think people are not wanting you to fail. You know, they, they, they want you to succeed. You're going to go up there and, and, and share something, uh, especially if you're writing the songs. I mean, that's an intimate thing. Yeah. You know, you're sharing you're sharing your heart with people. And uh, I, 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 I would like to think, and I believe that for the most part, people are not wanting you to fail. <laughs> that's a good positive but, attitude to have, whether it's true or not. You know, that's a topic for yeah. another discussion. <laughs> <laughs> um, so are you the primary songwriter? You, you come up with the general, I'd say, lyric and, and tone, and then the rest of the band helps you flesh everything out? Or do you do things collaboratively? How does that, what's the, what's the chemistry like within your own mix? Yeah. So, um, this, for this first record, and I have a feeling this will change up some for subsequent projects that we do for the first record. I I'm the principal songwriter. Uh, there are nine original songs on there. There's one cover that we did of an old hymn. Um, but all of the originals, I pretty much was the chief writer with the exception of, on uh on one of the songs our drummer helped out and another song our bass player helped out so they both kind of had some input but i think that a lot of that had to do with again we were going and approaching this whole project as a solo project from the beginning and we were taking a lot of songs that i had written previously uh and but what we ended up doing is, is that as a group we got together and we really started like some of these songs don't sound anything like they used to like our demos um there, there have been some rather drastic changes on some of these tunes. And a lot of that is thanks to, to Matt and Josh, because we just got together and, you know, otherwise it's me sitting in this room. I, I play a guitar part and I put a little cheesy drum loop on it or whatever, and try to get an idea of what it would sound like. It's totally different when you get, you know, three guys in a room and actually play through it. Yeah. Um, so that's what happened. So a lot of the songs, I mean, their, their, their fingerprints are definitely all on it. Uh, but I was, I was, I guess the chief songwriter, uh, on this go around, I think that it will be even more of a collaborative effort in the future as we start from basically zero to, you know, start writing songs. Um, so, yeah. So how did we end up hearing about you? I mean, what brought you to the point where you guys are getting played on radio stations? I don't, to be honest, I don't have a clue. Um, <laughs> I, so we, you know, we've got uh, Mike Rosas, who's the executive of uh, Revolution House. He's a buddy of mine, like I said, and, and one of his dreams uh, for a long time has been, he's, he jokes, he's not musical himself at all. Like, I mean, he's tried, like there was a time when I tried to give him musical lessons, it just did not work. Uh, but he loves and appreciates music and he loves uh, anything that, that basically becomes a platform to speak to people. And so he and I have collaborated on this and, um, you know, we did, we recorded everything here and I know that we have, you know, we sent it out. We have an agency in Nashville that's kind of pushing it to different people. And, and we were just kind of, we, we, we were hoping to throw it out there and see if we got any bites. And apparently we have, I mean, uh, response has been good. And, and to be honest for, for us, you know, we're these Houston musicians that, I mean, when, you know, we get invited to go play in town, we're excited and and now we're we're having some you know we've had people from uh, as far as New Zealand chime and I don't even know how it's gotten to New Zealand but we've apparently been played in New Zealand Scotland and and the UK and I mean it's it's kind of surreal for us because you know we're we're used to you know you're playing and you're you're doing your best to get people to even kind of like you know pay attention to you when you're doing stuff so, <laughs> I'm here uh, I'm here please listen I'm here. So, yeah, Houston can be a tough city for live music. You know, I, I don't know how familiar you are with uh, the Texas scene, but Austin is is pretty widely known as a big live music capital. South by Houston, Southwest. South by Southwest is massive. 
And it's, it's, there's a different dynamic in Austin. If you go and you play cover music, it's almost like it's frowned upon because people are, where's the original stuff? We want to hear the original stuff. And you've got great, you know, Gary Clark Jr. is out of Austin. you got uh, a lot of great songwriters that are out of Austin. And then in Houston, there's this different dynamic where, uh, you know, there's, we have all, you know, the places where all the big guys come, you know, all the massive A-list acts will come, but uh, original music, I think, is still fighting for a foothold in this city. So. Wow. So the fact that we're getting played anywhere else is, is mind-blowing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, let's talk about the single, because that's what we are getting to know. Um, it's got a very interesting sound in a good way, uh, and it's called Staring at the Sun. So why don't you fill the listener in a little bit about uh, where the song came from, and if you if you have an idea of what the song means, uh, or if you, if it's more open to interpretation, then you know we can discuss that too. But just kind of give me the background on the song a little bit and and what it's talking about. Yeah, for sure. Um, this one is is one of the more easy ones to explain because it does sort of have a meaning that that at least I, I made it. I felt like I was making it a little more direct. Some of these other songs are just super ambiguous, I think, and I leave <laughs> them open sort of on purpose. But okay. Um, so I, uh, like I said, I just got married this year, but up to this point, I mean, I love international travel. So a couple of years ago, I was in Ireland, uh, 2012, I think, and I went, and in the southwestern part of Ireland, there is a trail called the, the Kerry Way. And so I was hiking this thing, and it was November, which is sort of a bad idea because generally people do it during the summer because the daylight is a lot longer. And so I'm doing this, and I still probably had eight miles to go. Uh, to get to the the little village I was hiking to when, you know, it's 4, 4.30 in the afternoon and the sun goes down because there's not much daylight. And I'm in that moment, like, you know, I'm going around and, and, and realizing that I still have a really long way to go. And then I started, you know, it starts off slowly. You're just like, okay, I need to get moving. I need to really hurry this up. And then it starts to become sort of this this slow building panic. And then after a while, you're not seeing anybody because, you know, this trail is not on the road. You're going through pastures and you're walking past sheep and cows. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and so I started praying some of the most desperate prayers to date that I could recall. I mean, I'm, you know, almost, I mean, literally like screaming at the sky, like, I really need some help here. Like, I don't know where I'm at. Right. Uh, and so after a while, you know, I've, I've got my little flashlight and I'm going through on this, there's, it's pitch black. And I see up ahead of me this this flashlight shining back at me. And so and I go and I approach this this older gentleman and I start talking to him. And you know, I tell him, Hey, I'm trying to get to this this little town called Waterville. And he's like, Yeah, you're 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 going the wrong way. You need to be going that way another six, I don't know how many miles. Um and it was sort of one of those like I I really strongly believe that if we are open to, to seeing uh, that, that, that a lot of times God teaches through life lessons. Mm -hmm. so it's not necessarily something that comes directly out of a pulpit. I believe that happens. But a lot of times there's a lot of stuff that gets taught from just, you know, everyday life if we have eyes open to see it. And, uh, and I felt like in that moment, I, I remember just still it's 32 degrees. It's freezing, six miles to go. Uh, but this, this like warmth and comfort, just knowing that like, I'm going the right way now. Cause I didn't know that before. Like now I know, even though it's six miles away, even though I'm still two hours hiking from getting to where I'm supposed to go, I'm going the right way and I'm going to get there. And, and so the song staring at the sun was birthed out of that. Just this idea that, you know, it's like, I've got this, I, I see this sun in front of me. I see this light. And I know that's where I'm supposed to be going. I, I really don't know what that journey is going to look like. Because, you know, sometimes when you're, when you're, I, I really think one of the greatest forms of worship is trust. And sometimes when you're in that, you can't really see what's going on around you. You just know that I got to go that way. And so that song really is, you know, teach me till my trust is blind is one of the lines in there. And uh, a lot of the other images that come in the chorus are really just sort of reflective of Ireland because Ireland is, I'm going again this year, and I've it's it's quietly become one of my favorite countries. So it'll be the third time in four years I've been, um, and it's just it's one of the most beautiful places where you've got you know you have these gray skies and it can be raining, and then just for a moment the sky the 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 sun cuts through the clouds and it's just this breathtaking moment. And it was like 
yeah, this, this, so that song really is talking about just trusting, even though you don't necessarily see what's to your right or your left, but you know, you know that you're going the right direction. So you got to stay on the heels of Jesus, even if it, you know, whichever way he goes. Well, I think that's kind of analogous to the whole uh, band trajectory. You know, I mean, obviously you guys are headed in the right direction because you're beginning to get that uh, radio play and you're beginning to get some of that recognition and, uh, and some of those, uh, you know, I'll say accolades for lack of a better word. But that means that you're headed in the right direction. And then it's a matter now of trying to figure out how to maintain that path for you guys. You know, does your music shift at all to sound more like what's becoming popular within your own sound? Or do you guys still have the freedom to be able to experiment? And will your fans, your new fans especially, come along with you on this journey as you experiment as artists? Yeah, you know, that's a question that I've been I've been kind of mulling over in my head because I, I like... And I think I speak for the rest of the guys, too. I mean, we're into all kinds of music. Uh, obviously, this is a rock record, you know, and, and it's there's there's some pretty rocking tunes on it. But, you know, I I there are times when I stick on just singer songwriter, just acoustic and, you know, vocalist. And it's the lyrics that I'm listening to. Mm-hmm. There's other times I want to listen to something. I want to hear some, you know, shredding guitar riffs. And and so uh, sometimes I wonder, you know, hey, if we throw something else you know, in the future, somebody starts really listening to what we're doing now, and then we decide to do something a little bit different, and then we're like, you're selling out, you know, and, you know, I mean, we, I, I see it uh, quite a bit. I've probably been somebody that said that about another band in the past, um, but, I, you know, I hope that, that I, I, I kind of see a distinction in, um, in music. There's some music that's meant purely to entertain, and not that this is necessarily a bad thing, but, you know, something that is designed to make people dance, you know, and 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 then there's music that's designed to uh, hopefully ask questions. That's really the approach that we've been taking with a lot of this. Is that it's not so much I'm going to come out and say this is how it is. Um, obviously, I mean we we you know I it's it's our faith and and it's always coming out through the songs. Uh, but I think really the approach that that we're trying to take is to ask questions that will demand answers of the listener. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that uh, hopefully, regardless of the style that we choose to uh, do that in, you know, people, it'll find an audience. Uh, but even if it doesn't, we're having fun. And so, I mean, ultimately, I, I think you could probably drive yourself insane worrying about what people are going to like. You know, you have to do something that you have fun doing. No, I totally agree with that uh, with that sentiment. It's it's a matter of uh, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Now, whether yeah. you can figure out a way to monetize that, the whole, <laughs> the whole other ball game. You know, hopefully you guys are uh, well on the track. Tell me, what's the future for Roland? What are you guys? I mean, is there an album that goes with this single? Is it available? Where is it available? What's next? You know, touring. What's the What's the future got going on? Yeah, so uh, we do have an album just released. Um, it's called Music to Change the World by. There's another song uh, with that name on the record as well. Um, and it's available on iTunes. Um, it's on pretty much, I mean, Spotify, Apple Music. It's on all the stuff. Uh, we have a, a, a website, relantmusic.com. Uh, also, uh, Facebook and all, you know, if you search Relant, we're on there. Um, I think what we're, you know, moving forward, we're, we're coming into the Christmas season. And so for a lot of, you know, a lot of us, I think we're going to be kind of taking it easy. Uh, a lot of times Christmas music takes over a lot of, you know, a lot of the airways as well. So pretty um, much. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to enjoy uh, Christmas and New Year's. And then the idea is that hopefully uh, we're going to be able to take this out on the road and start playing more. We've been doing we've been playing a lot of local stuff in, in the Houston area. Uh, but to actually take it out on the road and, and start playing uh, next year. I mean that's that's certainly our, our our hope and our intent, and I think that it's been it's been really refreshing for us because um, you know I've been playing music for a long time, but a lot of it is uh, you know I get hired to play at somebody's wedding or do this or that, and, um, and it's cool, but you know you're playing somebody else's music, and I think that there's sort of this uh, you know almost the cynicism that develops over time as a musician. You're like, oh well, I got hired to do this, and I'm gonna. And, and one of the things that we're really sort of just trying to do our best to embrace is like, 
we're anytime that we play an original show, even if it's 10 people that come out to see it, like they're coming out to see us sing songs that we wrote. And it's, uh, that's, that's something I don't want to take for granted, you know, and, and that somebody would, would take time out of their schedule yeah. uh, to come and do that is, is amazing. And, you know, when I get feedback from somebody that I don't know, that's one of the things we've been super excited about. We see people now that like, I'm not related to this person. This somehow they, you know, they heard it <laughs> on the radio somewhere else. And it's, it's, it's mind blowing. I mean, cause you know, we're not used to it. It's, it's amazing. That's fantastic. There was a uh, a picture that got posted by a buddy of mine on Facebook the other day, and I stole it and reposted it to a couple of guys, uh, a couple other guys I know that are in a band. And it basically said, you can't expect this, and showed a picture of a band on stage in a packed stadium, you know, like 80,000 people. Uh, and then the picture, unless you've done a lot of this, and it shows a little tiny stage that's about six inches off the ground and about five kids standing right in front of the stage, you know? No, you have to do it. I mean, my my drummer and I, we played in another band for a, a country artist some years ago. And I remember we showed up at a venue in a tour bus that two people came to, to, to the show. So we're outside. We got a tour bus outside this venue and there's two people in the show. You know, it just it, that's how it happens. Uh, you're going to have to deal with it. So um, but again, I think, you know, for us, you know, to play our songs and play our tunes has been uh even even some we've had some gigs where we've we've been very blessed to play in front of a, a lot of people on a couple gigs and and not so many people on other gigs but they've all been uh, a blast especially when you get good feedback when yeah. people are connecting with the music that's 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 the best compliment that I think we can get. Fantastic. Well, Justin, I want to say thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to uh, to come and chat with us here. And uh, we've been enjoying playing your music. We've been getting some good feedback from people. Um, you know, I've seen a few tweets go out on Twitter for uh, people that are tagging you guys and saying that they're hearing your music on our station and enjoying it very much. So we're excited about what the future holds for Wallant. And, uh, you know, let's let's stay in touch. And, you know, when when things really begin to move, uh, you can say, hey, you guys were there back at the beginning. We, you know, we liked hanging out with you. Oh, man, for sure. Thank you, Chris. Uh, honestly, it's, I mean, my pleasure. And uh, anytime I can make an excuse to make it out to Santa Rosa, beat Houston weather any day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Houston's cool, but but it, but it then it's not cool. It's, most, it's hot most of the year. So Yeah. Well, and so I know you probably have these in Houston, but our studio is right across the street from In-N-Out Burger. Okay, so we have them in Austin. We have them in Dallas. There are rumors that it's going to come to Houston, uh, but I, I, am, I don't believe we have it yet. So we're see, waiting. You guys are lucky. Another, <laughs> another excuse to come out and visit us here in Santa Rosa. Yeah, I don't need excuses to go out there. You guys have it nice. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thanks again, Justin. Appreciate it. Let's get you back to the music right now. Thanks for listening. Awesome, dude. Awesome. <laughs>